welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. It is Thank you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great and fantastic pleasure to have you back on board with me once again today. As September is upon us, football season is upon us. The Minnesota Vikings roster is set, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings, and NFL season preview for 2022. So here we are. Again, like I said, the Vikings roster is set, or is it set? Quasi, you're driving me crazy because you're con- constantly changing <laughs> things. Last second, little changes, trades. Uh, he's being very aggressive. It's kind of fun. It's kind of cool, but it's like, okay, is this the roster? Do you promise now? Do you promise this is the roster? As I'm recording this first segment about a week before the regular season opener here, a beautiful, beautiful uh, early September afternoon, clear skies, temperatures dipping down into the low 70s for highs. Fantastic, because it was hot and humid just yesterday. So, uh, nice little <laughs> nice little change, at least for a couple of days here. Sometimes September can get so, so, so nice here. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, of course, as all of you are worldwide listeners and appreciate you so freaking much from all over the world. Iowa, obviously, which isn't that far away, but further away for, <laughs> for too far away to go and hang out with you in five seconds. That would be nice. South Dakota, I'm sure North Dakota. I mean, it's just, you know, Northern Scotland. Love you so much. Mad Martin, Dave Martin, New Zealand, you got Tanae Brown, you got Vince Germano out of Australia, and of course there's others out there from these uh, countries as well. Um, some people in China, I'm sure. I mean, just thank you, Canada. Thank you, thank you always. So first and foremost, let's talk about the roster. Let's talk about the cuts and all that since the last episode. I'm going to kind of go off the list here. And if I make a mistake, I deeply apologize because it's almost impossible to be perfect. Some players end up, you know, getting <laughs> Or some some players um, end up getting signed somewhere and it's not listed yet for whatever reason, even if it's obvious. But, uh, of course, I already did talk about Anthony Barhead very, very recently, just a couple of days ago from the tying up loose ends about a month ago now already. I had signed a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Since then, linebacker Demarcus Gates signed with the Chicago Bears. A lot of people are going to wind up with Chicago, so let's... Uh, yeah, we're going to get to a lot of Chicago, Minnesota Vikings players, whether they're important or not, winding up there. McKenzie Alexander winds up with the Miami Dolphins. Winds up with the Miami Dolphins. I'm not sure where his future has changed since then. On um, linebacker Andre Mintz cut. Uh, this is, of course, as of August 16th. Jake Vargas run, running back cut. Tyrese Stevenson defensive tackle cut. Wide receiver Thomas Hennigan cut. Ty Smith, who will be back and forth. Poor guy. Veteran cornerback cut. On the 16th, Jake Vargas wound up with the Bears. Not sure what happened after that, though. As of the 21st of August, Julian Taylor, defensive tackle. Albert Wilson, wide receiver. Yep, Albert Wilson. That was an important one. A lot of people were a little surprised. And then the Minnesota Vikings end up trading for Nick Mullins because of the frustrating uh, play of the two potential backup quarterbacks for the Minnesota Vikings who are no longer on the team. Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. We'll get to that very shortly. Uh, Nick Mullins traded for um, for only a 2024 conditional 7th round pick. Pretty crazy. From the Las Vegas Raiders. We remember him with the 49ers and such. So we'll talk about Nick, Nick Mullins here. We'll pause for a moment with the cuts and then all that good stuff. 
Nick Mullins out of Hoover, Alabama. Hoover, Alabama, kind of one of those, again, deep south guys with that, that uh, you know, what do they call it, swashbuckling players with, with that Brett Favre type personality out there that just, they just love to play, the backyard football and all that. Obviously not the skill level of Brett Favre, but certainly has the toughness of Brett Favre. He's played with a broken finger out there before, with a bone and all that, like a, a compound fracture out there still playing. Tough son of a gun when he was uh, playing in, in high school and college and all that. Very tough player. Undrafted, wound up with the San Francisco 49ers to get his career going. Actually, when he actually played some games, he played eight games in 2018, threw for 22-77 in yardage, 13-10 and 10 for touchdowns, interceptions. Not too bad. Only fumbled once and did not lose it. Started 10 games in 2020, a 49ers tab, you know, that struggled off and on and, and such. And the Jimmy Garoppolo just could not stay healthy. You know, ACL, like he had an ACL in 2018. He got hurt again in 2020. Garoppolo, ugh. And he's still with the 49ers, by the way. At the last second, signed a one-year deal with the 49ers with restructuring and all that kind of stuff. Last second. So he'll be trailing as backup, believe it or not, in San Francisco. We'll hear about the 49ers in the second segment, how I think they're going to do this season. 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But, you know, again, not bad numbers. He won some games with the 49ers. He had 24, uh, well, let's say 2,437 yards. Again, 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Not great numbers. In 19 career games, he did play one with Cleveland where he threw for 147 yards and a touchdown in one game. Pretty good, pretty good numbers, I guess. Nice completion percentage and all that. His overall quarterback rating this is not the fancy-dancy stuff from uh, Pro Football Focus. Um, <laughs> 87.3. That's not spectacular, but it's not that bad. Again, this is 19 games, 4,861 yards, 26 touchdowns, 22 INTs, six official fumbles, and four lost. All four of those were lost in 2020. A frustrating season for the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Mullins, though, an actual backup quarterback who's won some games. He's, he's a qualified backup quarterback. No threat to take Kirk Cousins' job. Oh, my goodness. And, well, the Kellen Mond experiment is already dead as the uh, 2021 NFL draft for the Minnesota Vikings looking worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. As I'll be kind of merging around with Facebook and such, I'll probably save most of that for the fan interaction segment because that's, well, more appropriate. Oh, wow, looks like five years ago today I caught a nice bass. Uh, that was that crazy year with all those hurricanes. What was the name of that hurricane at that time? Hurricane Harvey. It got very warm. Unfortunately, humid, but very warm where you could go swimming and go on the boat and fishing and all that stuff. Not that you couldn't fish uh, today, but that was a very warm day to go swimming as well. Uh, fun day, but uh, that was the year of the infamous Hurricane Irma. As this year, there really haven't been a whole lot, and all the hurricanes and, and all that stuff have per pretty much been on the west coast this year. The west coast, like south western Mexico. That's the darndest thing, isn't it? So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Every year's different, right? That's the fun of it, I guess. Every year's different. Uh, again, hope everyone's okay whenever those happen, but there have not been a whole lot of hurricanes. Let's get back to where I need to be. Hurricanes, of course, with the changes with the Vikings off and on, as a uh, Quasi Andofo Mensa has been uh, quite interesting back and forth with some of the decision-making, but also showing what they feel about the, the previous administration's uh, job in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, so there was Nick Mullins. We paused and talked about him for a moment. Sean Bayer cut tight end on the 23rd. Harrison Hand. 
Harrison Hand, gone already. He will not be, yeah, you know what I mean. The, uh, yeah, It was the 2020 draft, but he will not be giving anyone a hand for Minnesota. He wound up with the New York Giants later on, though. Harrison Hand is a member of the Giants at the moment. Fifth round pick, mid to late fifth round, uh, mid to late in the fifth round in 2020. Cornerback will not be on the Vikings anymore, unfortunately for him, but good luck with the uh, New York Giants, a team that doesn't make a whole lot of sense half the time. Ryan Connolly, linebacker, placed on the pup. And Blake Prohl, son of Ricky Prohl, wide receiver, placed on the pup. Yes, that's unfortunate. Harrison Hand, again, acquired uh, via waivers to the New York Giants. Now, uh, now we go to the 25th of August. Tyree Stevenson. I thought I said his name already. Didn't I? I did. So we must have re-signed him. Okay, whatever. Well, he was cut again. Poor guy. Just like... Um, yeah, Ty Smith, like 15 times. Gosh, I feel bad. I feel bad for that guy. I do. He's one of those, they were calling him on the radio as like a, a, a quad A type of player. Like, say, in baseball, there's triple A, and then there's the major leagues. And then there's, and, and you know, it's a quad A thing where you're too good for the triple A level, but he's just not seeming to cut it in the major league level. Kind of like AHL to NHL also in hockey. There's a lot of players like that. Unfortunately, that could drive you crazy. Um, like, oh my God, he's just absolutely dominating. The AHL comes up to the NHL and he scores one goal in 13 games and that's it. It's like, okay, what the hell is that? Uh, that's unfortunately how some people are comparing Ty Smith to the National Football League. Major story, Jordan Berry cut. Jordan Berry cut. That's right. Um, okay, that was a very interesting story. Minnesota Vikings end up, and again, you think, oh, a punter, that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting in my opinion. You have a problem with that? Okay, just kidding. Um, Ryan Wright, the biggest punter I've ever seen, and he can really punt. He, <laughs> The object of punting is to be able to kick the ball far, and hopefully high, um, whereas Jordan Berry was really good at the hang time. Ryan Wright is good at kicking the ball very far. Six foot three, two forty-five. He is a big mamma jamma. He's absolutely big. Born on June the 1st, uh, two thousand. Obviously, none of us had really heard of him before this training camp, and uh, he is a beast, and he's a damn good punter. And Greg Joseph is a damn good kicker right now. People are very excited with what Greg Joseph has brought. Knock on wood. The guy's been making kicks from, you know, <laughs> he's been making kicks from the West Coast, from the West Coast, pretty much. Uh, he's been unbelievable. But uh, Tyler Wright, uh, good luck. Good luck, and very happy to have you. Keep it up. Uh, keep, keep it up. Hopefully, the Minnesota Vikings have something special. Ryan Wright. Why am I saying Tyler? I was like, that wasn't right. Ryan Wright makes the club there. Again, I'm going to come back to the actual roster very shortly. I just figured I'd go over the cuts first. As uh, interesting as that can become with certain names, of course, that will pop up and slap you in the face. Yep, Ty Smith was signed and then cut again like four days later. That just sucks. Um, Timon Paris, tackle cut. Myron Mitchell, a lot of people liked him, wide receiver, gone. Zach Davidson, who dropped some easy ones and then made some really nice plays. Looked like the kind of guy that might become something at some point, but he was also cut. Fifth round pick, who didn't see a snap last year because uh, Mike Zimmer was right, apparently. Uh, at least about the 2021 draft, except for, of course, Christian Derisaw looks like an awesome pick. Finally, a left tackle. That's good. Finally. It took half our lives, but it finally happened. Just like it took half our lives for the Minnesota Vikings to finally get a good pass-rushing defensive end years ago. That took, like, the whole damn 90s. We had no good pass-rushing defensive end. 
Um, that was kind of our undoing against the Atlanta Falcons. Would have been nice if you could have got that stupid... Uh, I don't even want to bring his name up anymore. I don't even want to bring his name up anymore, but if you could have got Chandler on his back, my Minnesota Vikings may not have uh, allowed Atlanta to get back in that game and beat us. Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion. Cut. He has wound up now with the Seattle Seahawks practice squad. How exciting. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings declined getting uh, the other guy. We'll talk about him shortly. I'm dragging this on too long. Safety, Miles Dorn. Kyle Hinton, guard. Dan Sheesna, wide receiver, all cut. Ross Blacklock, not Blaylock, Blacklock traded for because the Minnesota Vikings cut Armand Watts, who looked like he was going to start a defensive tackle for the Vikings this year, and he wound up with the Bears. All right, all right. Minnesota Vikings traded a 2023 sixth-round pick from the Houston Texans. Ross Blaylock, Blacklock, pardon me, defensive tackle, comes to Minnesota. A lot of people believe this actually could be the secret move to bring in Ndamukong Sue, Ndamukong Sue, as uh, Dylan Richardson would imitate the, the imitating him. But um, this could be a possible last-second maneuver to bring in Dominican Sue. We'll see what happens. Let's continue. Chaz Surratt gone. Again, another draft pick that didn't work out. Tristan Jackson. A lot of people liked him. He's going to wind up on the practice squad, so don't worry too much. Janarius Robinson, defensive end. Bryant Kobach, running back. Hmm, well, he lasted a long time. Wyatt Davis. Huge story here. Again, a third-round pick. Didn't see a snap last year. It was the strangest thing ever. Third round um, pick again. And a lot of people had high hopes for a position. See, the Minnesota Vikings needed a right guard like we needed to breathe for years. Did I mention we need some guards, right? Uh, like, there's a reason why Gerald Sring made that famous quote in one of his calls a few years back. Did I mention we need some guards? We needed some guards. Wyatt Davis was a guard from Ohio State and was fairly highly touted. Apparently, other members of the front office told Mr. Spielman, do not take Wyatt Davis. He's not good. He's just, it's not, not going to work out. And, well, it didn't work out because two regimes officially never wanted him to see a snap in the football, uh, in the NFL, and he wound up with the <clears throat> New York Giants again. New York Giants again. <laughs> New York Giants. It seems like the NFL strap heap, apparently, as they have been just awful for quite a while. Um... Wyatt Davis, yeah, again, again, it's just unbelievable. Mike Zimmer didn't want him. He just there's a reason why he never saw the lineup apparently, because this regime felt the same way. And he was he was never, ever, ever even with the number twos. He was always with the threes, the threes. You don't draft a third round guard, and he winds up in the three, the the third string. That doesn't make any sense. That's how bad it was, poor guy. And I'm sad, Wyatt, for you. I I am, but maybe hopefully somehow some way you can carve something out in the future. Not that he's listening to this show. I oh, Maybe he is. One out of a... You just never know, I guess. Like, let's see what this jerk's going to say about me now. I bet he's... Yeah, it's just going to motivate me now. Mm, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Well, I hope something motivates you because it doesn't sound like a whole lot did, unfortunately. Okay. Quenku William, also linebacker. Yep. Jesse Davis ended up getting traded for a seventh-round pick. Only a seventh-round pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jesse Davis, so no right guard for him because it's going to be, uh, yeah, Ingram. Ingram. We did a little better at the guard position in the draft this year, didn't we? So, at least in our opinion, we did, I guess. Um, Wyatt Davis just had no shot, did he? Again, like I said, Armand Watts cut. Blake Lynch 
cut, surprisingly, but we'll see what happens here. Zach McLeod, linebacker gone. Nick Moose, Moose a lot of people like him. Um, but he will not be on the Vikings at the moment. TJ Smith, defensive tackle. Julian Taylor, defensive tackle gone. Josh Sokol, he'll wind up with the practice squad. A lot of people kind of liked him. Jalen Twyman, DT gone. Nate Harrison, Hairston, pardon me. Kellen Monda, Kellen Mond, who will wind up with the uh, Cleveland Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, and he's actually going to be on the 53-man roster, not the practice squad, the 53-man roster of the Cleveland Browns for now. It's kind of funny because, well, obviously, well, the starting quarterback is suspended for 11 games, not 12, not 10, 11, because he'll be back just in time to play against the Houston Texans. How, how did that happen? Gosh, what a coincidence. How did that happen? Well, my, my, my. Uh, well, my, 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 Cleveland Browns, you have some explaining to do. No, NFL? <laughs> yeah, but Kellen Mond has some explaining to do as well. He obviously, again, or should we say Mr. Spielman has some explaining to do. It just uh, didn't work out. Second pick in the third round, very high third round pick, ends up getting completely, like, completely passed on, basically by two regimes, by two coaching staffs. So, obviously, the first year, a third round pick, you're not really expecting a whole lot. I get it. But the second year, you're just like, no, that's okay. That's okay. We don't even care about if you come to our practice squad or anything. Cleveland Browns pick him up. Yeah, because that, that was the talk. Like, are you going to probably, you know how there's back channel conversations with people, uh, you know, in confidence and such. You know, like the Doogie Wolfson's talking to this guy, that guy. That's, that's about as far as you can go as to who they are. Saying, no, there's really no interest in bringing him back, even on the practice squad. So, Kellen Mond did not work out. Kellen Mond did not work out, unfortunately, and what you saw in the preseason, you saw the game, like Mike Zimmer would say, and uh, Mike, would you like to see what Kellen Mond can do in the, uh, would you like to see what he can do in the final game of the season, since you're already out of the playoffs? I see him every day. <laughs> well, what does that tell you? He sees him every day, and it's not pretty, right? That's the whole point. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> that's the whole point. Pardon me, a little distracted here. As, um, yep, so Kellen Mond will not be on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, we'll see if he resurfaces with Cleveland or somebody else in the next couple of years. Usually not a good indicator, though, when you're this far in. Winds up, uh, that he winds up, uh, well, not that far in, but two years in and teams are already, uh, the team's already given up. Like, no, that's okay. Uh, even if it wasn't to the regime that drafted him, still, I mean... Every regime believes that they can give another guy a chance. Like, maybe we can do a better job. But they're like, no, that's okay. Perry Nickerson gone. Mike Brown, safety. Perry Nickerson was a cornerback. Jalen Rager. The Minnesota Vikings traded for Jalen Rager. The guy who was taken before, Justin Jefferson. And I remember hearing about Jalen Rager constantly leading into the 2020 draft. Uh, that the Vikings liked him. That was the previous regime. They liked him, but they liked somebody else more. And I remember also liking that somebody else more as well. You can listen back to the 2020 NFL draft preview. I did talk about Justin Jefferson quite a bit, and I kept thinking, why would he be there though? Why would he be that far down? Isn't he looks really good? I understand he's with Joe Burrow and like the best team in the in all of college at the time, LSU. They won the, they won the national championship for a reason, but again, they won the national championship for a reason. So I mean, it is what it is there. So let's look at Jalen Rager. Ultimately, again, more of the slot receiver type where Justin Jefferson, you know, he's kind of like a, you know, kind of closer to a Stephon Diggs type. He, he can play both, 
but Rager is definitely a slot receiver type, 5'11", but he also improves the Minnesota Vikings special team situation. So, um, and there's a famous, like, video, I guess, where Minnesota Vikings brass was laughing. Oh, Philadelphia took Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, here we go, and it worked out. Thank you. The 2020 draft was awesome. And then you follow up with the 2021 draft, which wasn't real good. The number 21 hasn't been real good um, in general. Like, 21st pick, okay, uh, I don't know, I'm being weird in 2021. He's from Waxahachie, Waxahachie, Texas. Well, he's from some some place in Texas that I, I've i never heard of. And he was born on New Year's Day, 1999. All right, okay. 511-197-TCU. Not LSU, TCU. Not quite the same, unfortunately. Um, really. What am I looking at? It should be receiving yards, not rushing. But yeah, the numbers have not been, not been all that great. He only played 11 games as a rookie. Of course, the Vikings also screwed around in getting Justin Jefferson out there. Only 396 yards as a rookie. That's a career high. <clears throat> yeah, that's a career high. With one touchdown, one 299 yards receiving the next year on 33 catches in 17 games because now the odd schedule and two touchdowns. So there you go. But he's been a pretty good kick returner for the most part, averaging 21.3. He did run for a touchdown in 2020. That was a punt return that he actually ran the touchdown on, though. Um, as a rookie, he did not do a punt returns. Last year, he did both. Averaged 7.3 on the punt returns last year. As a rookie, 23.5, but it was bloated with a 73-yard long for a TD. Um, and he only had four punt returns that year. In fact, they barely used him on special teams at all in terms of returns in 2020. But there's something there. And we'll see. Maybe maybe Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson could be a nice duo. But, of course, you already have my favorite Minnesota Viking, K.J. Osborne. And, of course, Adam Thielen is still there. So it's a pretty rich Minnesota Vikings receiver car. We'll get back to that very shortly as we're about to look over the roster. More of just players. But Jalen Rager, welcome to the Minnesota Vikings. And there you go. It's kind of interesting how things come around full circle. Uh, in order to get Jalen Rager, the Minnesota Vikings had to... They ended up cutting... Yeah, ISM, Emir smith Marset. Yep, unfortunately. So his returning was not that good. His receiving was adequate. It looked like there's something there. And he's now a Chicago Bear. The rhyme not intended. Another fifth-round pick. And out of 2021, another guy cut. Another 2021 draft pick cut from the Minnesota Vikings at uh, 2021 draft. Pardon me. Um... Jalen Toynman. Okay, I'm going backwards here. Let's back up. Yes. So, Marset was cut. Again, I said it's that Armand Watts wind up with the Bears. He's probably going to start there. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Practice squad. Practice squad. Dan Chisna. A lot of people like him. Wide receiver Chisna. Pardon me. Tristan Jackson. Number nine. Number nine. Tristan Jackson. Looked like a quarterback with that number, but okay. Uh, Janaris Robinson. Defensive end to the practice squad. Nick Muse. Nick Muse, yep. <laughs> I just think of that band instead, Muse. But yeah, because that's, you know, some famous, there's a famous song from about 10 years ago that they did. Pretty good song. Um, he is to the practice squad, of course. Perry Nickerson, cornerback, practice squad. Bryant Kobach, running back, practice squad. They, they like him, don't they? Miles Dorn, safety, practice squad. William 
Quinn Koo, linebacker, yeah, you know, get the idea. All practice squad, TJ Smith and Jalen Twineman. TJ Smith, both defensive tackles, and ISM, as they call him, to the Bears. Wyatt Davis to the Giants. Tay, Tay Goen to the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad. Okay, and Wyatt Davis practice squad, where obviously Smith Marset's going to be on the the Bears. He's going to be on the Bears, not the Bears practice squad. Kellen Mond will be on Cleveland, not the Cleveland practice squad, but they'll both be, you know, probably limited roles to start out. Smith might not be a limited role. Kellen Mond, there's very unlikely he's going to play in a real game. Travis Toivonen to the New York Giants practice squad. Shane Bayer, tight end practice squad. Zach Davidson to the Buffalo Bills. Zach Davidson to the Buffalo Bills. Not, yeah, that's an interesting opportunity, actually. Because, yeah, if somehow, somehow he's able to get to the, uh, you know, he's able to be activated and all that, moved up to the regular roster. You got a pretty nice quarterback there, and, you know, it's a nice receiver uh, group. Of course, the Minnesota Vikings did need a third-string quarterback one way or another via the practice squad and such. It's a nice maneuver, as you can have up to 15 players now. David Blow, David Blow, former Detroit Lion, has been added to the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. And like I said earlier, Sean Mannion wraps things up here winding up with the Seattle Sea Chickens, as they won't probably be all that great. Number 11, David Blaw, former Detroit uh, Lion, played against the Vikings in a game. Um, obviously, nothing special. He is what he is. He's a third-string quarterback. He was undrafted July 31st, 1995. So, yep. <laughs> Just a couple of days after me, and the birthday-wise. Years, yeah, he's about 16 years younger, but, you know. <coughs> he's 16 years younger. I'm an old-timer. Um, but, yeah, in 2019, the Vikings beat the Detroit Lions with David Blow at quarterback because the Vikings always beat the Lions as long as uh, Patricia was the uh, coach. It didn't matter who the quarterback was. It could have been uh, Joe Montana pretty much, and Patricia would find a way to not have the Lions win. Or you know, So um, four touchdowns, six interceptions, you know, it's a, it is what it is. Quarterback rating 62.2 for his career. Uh, he threw an interception in 2020. He snapped the ball and must have, uh, well, I guess he got sacked and fumbled, but recovered, I guess, on one play in 2021 for the Detroit Lions. So he's seen some backup. He's seen some third string. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. I mean, I'm uh, all the respect in the world to you, David Blow. Hopefully uh, you have a nice career and last a long time out of Purdue, the former Boilermaker, Big Ten and all that cool stuff. So we're slightly familiar with him here in the, uh, in the Midwest here with the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and I'm sure a lot of you Iowa Hawkeye fans who... Your team pounds the crap out of us every year. Yep, I have no bragging to do. None. I, I have no bragging to do about the Govers and the Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, you guys know <laughs> more than I do. Because most of you probably watch more college football than I do because you don't have to do a, you don't do an NFL podcast like this one. So that's why uh, I cherish my Saturday afternoons, except for this second, as I'm recording this segment anyway. Um but that's your official third-string quarterback, in a sense. And, you know, he's a guy who's played. Uh, Sean Mannion played kind of, sort of, in games, but they were, like, just literally exhibitions, you know. Nick Mullins actually played significant games and did fairly well. So at least there's something behind Kirk Cousins now. It's not literally like, you know, Sean Mannion's my buddy and he's, he's here. Anything else? No, no, Sean Mannion's my buddy and he's here. All right, so <laughs> there it is. Uh, talking about the Packers and all that stuff, I'm not going to do a detailed preview of that upcoming game, but there will be an overall season preview with the wins and losses. I'll come up with the record and all that. Uh, conference finalists, Super Bowl champs, and all that cute stuff. 
Somehow, some way, Garrett Bradbury winds up still being the starting center for the Minnesota Vikings, but Austin Schlotman, awesome training camp, awesome preseason, will be the backup center. And you never know, he could move, maneuver around and such. So let's go to the offense right now. Left tackle Christian Derisaw will be backed up by Blake Brandle. Left offensive guard will be Ezra Cleveland, backed up by Chris Reed. Garrett Bradbury, center, block, backed up by Austin Schlotman, as I just said. Right offensive guard, that would be Ed Ingram. Ed Ingram has won the starting job. Isn't that cool? And Chris Reed will be the backup there as well. So Chris Reed ends up staying instead of Jesse Davis. Right offensive tackle, Brian O'Neill, one of the captains there, and he is a he's a he's a good captain. Oli Uli Oli Udo Uli Odo, right? Oli Udo, yeah. I mean, I leave that kind of stuff in there because it's funny. <laughs> we'll wind up again. Right offensive tackle, Oli Udo somehow some way makes the team. Uh, he played right guard. He did well. He went to left tackle. He stunk. So I guess maybe he's a backup right guard. I guess. <laughs> okay. Wide receivers: Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, KJ Clutch, as I like to call him, Jalen Ragar, and Jalen Naylor. Rolls right off your tongue. Isn't that cool? Jalen Ragar and Jalen Naylor. All right. Both of them capable special teams returners and such. You'll hear about them when I get to the specialist. Tight end, Irv Smith. Just stay healthy, please. Johnny Munt. Obviously, can be a factor. We'll see. Ben Elfson can block and all that cool stuff. Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins. That rolls right off your tongue. Will be your quarterbacks, of course. Running back, Delvin Cook. Alexander Madison, probably in his final season with the Vikings. No disrespect. It just is what it is because of the two names you're going to hear right after him. Kenny Nwangwu, who's got all kinds of potential. You could do all kinds of fun stuff and all that with that skill level. And Ty Chandler, who everybody's in love with, including myself. He is so good. I mean, there, there's so much potential with that fifth-round pick versus the Minnesota Vikings' fifth round last season. Dare, dare we even get back into that? And we probably will when we get to fan interaction for a little bit. Fullback is old green eggs and ham, or ham on rye, however I like to call him. It's DJ Ham out of Duluth. Duluth with a PH. Yes, you know, the wonderful bridge that goes up and down and all that. CJ Ham coming to the minister, or staying with the Vikings at fullback. Love him to death. That is your offense, your offense, defense, 3-4 defense. So lots of, this is going to be fun to keep up with, this 3-4 defense. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Let, let's have some fun, right? Left defensive end, if there's such a thing, right? <laughs> Delvin Thomason backed up by James Lynch will be the backup there. Obviously depth guy along with Osezi Otomeo, sorry. <laughs> Harrison Phelps will be the nose tackle. Defensive end Jonathan Bullard, um, the other defensive end, Ross Blacklock, and then outside linebacker Daniel Hunter, Patrick Jones the second. They like him a lot. And Luigi Villan. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Luigi Villan. Outside linebackers, Adarius Smith and DJ Wanham. Again, former defensive ends, of course, now that things are switched up to the 3-4. Uh, linebackers, Jordan Hicks, Brian Osamoa the second. That's the weak side linebacker, pardon me. Middle linebacker, Eric Kendricks and Troy Dye. In, the, in those cases, yep, that's the middle linebackers. Eric Kendricks and Troy Dye, of course, here. Cornerbacks, Cam Dantzler, Andrew Booth Jr., and Chris Boyd on one side. Patrick Peterson, Chandon Sullivan, 
and uh, Caleb Evans all making the team there, of course. Uh, Caleb Evans and Chris Boyd making the club. Safety, Harrison Smith, Josh Metellus, and Cameron Bynum is going to be starting. Isn't that cool? With Lewis Steen backing him up at the moment. Of course, we'll see how things go there. Ultimately, you could see Lewis Steen and Cameron Bynum starting long-term because Harrison Smith's not going to be here forever. That's a, you know that's the way it is. Kicker, Greg Joseph. Punter, Ryan Wright. Holder, Ryan Wright. <laughs> Long snapper, Andrew DePaula. And kick returner, Kenny Nwangwu. KJ Osborne, Ty Chandler. Punt returner, Jalen Naylor. But also, Rigger is going to be in that group as well. No doubt about it. They're going to probably move things around. But it could be a group of players, kind of a committee there when it comes to uh, that situation. Jalen Rigger, a definitely a... Well, he's like the fourth overall receiver at the moment. Naylor, Rager will both be in special teams. There's no question about that looking forward. So there's your <laughs> there's your roster. There's your depth chart and such. As always, fun to look forward to. And, of course, we talked about the news. Generally speaking, I believe, for the most part, again, the additions and subtractions and such. Uh, was there any other good or bad news. Of course, most of this will go into fan interaction coming up. Yeah, some of it's like rants and raves and some crazy stuff. Um, just want to make sure there isn't something I should bring up here before we sign off and move on to segment number two. Um, BC Johnson, yep, out for the year with the ACL again. As you notice, I didn't even mention his name. Of course, BC Johnson, ACL on the other knee. Just very sad. Extremely sad story, and you'll hear comments there. Really sad. Um, Brian Osamoa went out with a leg injury after one of the games, but he's going to be okay, thankfully. Um, yeah, so for the most part, most of the news has been mentioned, the roster and such. So for the actual preview going into the season, and of course, a, non, a fun little announcement as well uh, regarding the page, a little milestone. We'll get to that when we get to it here in segment number three. Other than that, though, that should be the end of uh, uh, looking over the lineup and such. That's your team going into 2022. I feel optimistic, not overly optimistic, but I do feel optimistic going forward. Of course, there's a lot of positive vibes with the coaching staff, the general manager, and such. And it's kind of cool. It looks like the he's willing to make some moves, even with even with division rivals and such, and not afraid of a division rival possibly picking up a player that you just released. So it is what it is, and. If they're successful there, so be it. Uh, he's not too worried about them coming back and kicking our butts, that type of thing. He's like, okay, you know, we're going to be fine. If he winds up with the Bears, we'll still be able to beat him. You know, people like that, or the Packers and such. So, interesting. Interesting, quasi moments for Cam, as they call him. K-A-M. And I will call the coach Kevin O'Connell. I'm not going to call him by the nickname because it reminds me of somebody else. And I'm not a big fan of that person. So, with that said, we'll get to the previews right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two of the season preview for the 2022 season for the Minnesota Vikings and, of course, the National Football League. 
We're going to look at the Minnesota Vikings schedule, wins and losses, see where we wind up with that, of course, and then predictions of what teams might surprise, what teams might flop, and ultimately your conference finals and your Super Bowl and Super Bowl championship at the end of the day. Preseason ain't what it used to be, of course. Starters don't play anymore and this and that, but they still like to charge a lot of money. And you know how that works. It's fun stuff. Um, <laughs> things open up September 11th. Yet again, September 11th, we will honor the veterans on 9-11, of course. At least I should hope so. 21 years on September 11th. To, uh, obviously honor all the uh, first responders on that day, along with uh, anyone affected by it afterward. All the first responders, the firemen, the policemen, and the Good Samaritans. We will give them a moment of silence right now. Minnesota Vikings will host the Green Bay Packers. At least this time in the season opener in U.S. Bank Stadium, there will be fans. Last time around, Aaron Rodgers just kind of steamrolled right through the Minnesota Vikings. And, yeah, it was also a very disappointing season in 2020, to say the least. And it's a wonder that the uh, coach and the, and the uh, GM didn't get fired right away after that season. But that's what happens when they ink uh, contract extensions the January before. Yeah. Well, Minnesota Vikings host the Green Bay Packers, as I've said 50 times now. It'll be the second wave at 325 on Fox. Tickets from $229. That's amazing. But, of course, they're going to be uh, expensive and cheaper games like Detroit and such coming up, even though they are a division rival. Well, what's going to happen in that one? I would like to believe the Minnesota Vikings can get the job done, and and what better way to open up a season than defeating the Green Bay Packers in U.S. Bank Stadium? Uh, I'm terrified to pick a win in this one, but shoot, I mean, eventually, <laughs> eventually, Kevin O'Connell's got to get his first win, and why not do it in an actual regular game versus the preseason? So we'll go with that. Um, I'm believing, uh, I'm stepping out in faith, the Minnesota Vikings can defeat the Green Bay Packers going forward, just <laughs> believing as best possible. Vikings have a chance to start things out really well, and then the schedule gets insanely tough going forward, as it usually does. But, you know, that's how that goes. Uh, I'm going to believe the Minnesota Vikings defeat the Packers in that game. Minnesota Vikings, oftentimes, when they're a decent team, they tend to win the home game and not win on the road when it comes to Green Bay. It's almost always a split. Well, most of the time it used to be. It used to be a very even record between the two teams, but then, of course, in the Aaron Rodgers era, when the Vikings weren't as competitive, the Packers have kind of, you know, unfortunately built a little cushion between the two teams over the years. But I will step on in faith and pick the Minnesota Vikings to go 1-0 and on September 11th with the victory. Monday night, so we move on to Monday night, eight days later in Philadelphia on ABC. Vikings have played well in Philadelphia of late, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, on the road, Prime time in Philadelphia. They're an improving team. It's hard to say where the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go this year. Are they going to be a competitive team? Are they not? It's tough. It's tough to say. Obviously, they have tons of talent. Uh, and obviously, the young quarterback and such. Uh, this game kind of feels like a loss to me on the road in Philadelphia. And you can't just pick home, win, road loss all the time. But these East Coast games on prime time, Monday night. They just don't seem to go well for Minnesota. I have to go in the direction of 1-1 one and one for Minnesota versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit Lions. Minnesota Vikings will host the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Finally, our first nooner. It'll have taken two, it'll, it'll take us to week three to finally get my favorite uh, time slot for the Minnesota Vikings. The noon games. It's a little easier to do the show. Monday, Monday is probably the worst of all. In fact, I would 
venture to say so. Um, but now I have my little cute portable laptop to go along with my main one here that I'm on right now. So I might have a shot. <sighs> Just how, how will the audio turn out on that? But it is what it is, you know? It kind of is what it is. It, 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 either I record the show or I don't, right? <laughs> I'm kind of at the mercy of the schedule, my schedule, my wife's schedule, and the lady upstairs in this Golden Valley apartment. Minnesota Vikings should be able to defeat the improving, improving, hard knocks driven <laughs> Dan Campbell led Detroit Lions, at least at home. At least at home, I think the Vikings go to 2 and 1 in defeating the Detroit Lions. But watch out for the Detroit Lions. I don't, I mean, they're not the team we're going to be sweeping anymore. Matt Patricia is no longer the coach of the Detroit Lions. Vikings would sweep them every year with Matt Patricia. In fact, we were undefeated with them. That led to a lot of success for the franchise, didn't it? Not really. I know. I don't mean to be a jerk. It's just, you know. Let's start beating teams like Philadelphia on the road. Let's start beating teams like Green Bay more consistently. Let's win games in New Orleans, too. Sunday, October the 2nd. Not a nooner. Nope. Sunday night football in New Orleans is a loss. And New Orleans is not a good team, really. They're, they're, they're kind of, well, they're kind of good. They're kind of dangerous. Now Mr. Allen is the coach, the defensive coordinator, who looks like a former district manager of mine when I worked in the service industry several years ago. Colin Prouty. He looks a lot like him, as long as he doesn't mind me mentioning the name. I'm sure he doesn't and all that. But Vikings Vikings in primetime, just, you know, yeah, okay, fine. Kirk Cousins has won a primetime game in his life, but not that many. And until things change, I'm just, I'm sorry. The more things change, the more they stay the same with, you know, until I see change in that department with not only Kirk Cousins, but the Vikings in general, going back to Brad Childress and Brett frickin' Favre is the quarterback. Brett Favre is the quarterback. We still seem to lose the night games. Um, we've had more success lately at times, but again, I mean, you know, we still haven't gotten over the hump called the NFC Championship game since 1976. So it's got to happen one of these decades. It's got to. Uh, I'm not convinced it's going to happen this year, but we'll see. Minnesota Vikings will not defeat the New Orleans Saints. We dropped to 2-2, two and two, which is really annoying. Come on. I mean, you you got to think we can beat the Saints. It's a weird team. It's not impossible to think the Vikings could beat the New Orleans Saints. It's really not. But I don't know. I, I just don't know. Uh, the Chicago Bears come to Minneapolis Sunday, October the 9th. Another nooner. Another home victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Over a, over a Chicago Bears team that's probably going to be a little better than some people think, even though they are basically tanking right before us uh, in broad daylight. Then um, the Vikings head to the Miami Dolphins. A road game, a nooner, a nooner in Miami. So 11? No, no, that'll be 1 p.m. I'm going backwards here. It's not earlier, it's later in, in, in the East Coast. Duh. Vikings will win their first road game of the season, so I'm not bashing the Vikings too much. Minnesota heads into the... By week in mid-October. Mid-October, beautiful time of the year, quite honestly. Um, fall colors, all that all that cool stuff. You'll see a lot of that probably on my Facebook page, maybe even Twitter account. All, all that good stuff. They'll have a nice little, cute little bye week. And all that in the third week of October. Minnesota Vikings will again defeat the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Because, I don't know, the Vikings have played much better versus Miami of late. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, will he be the starting quarterback in the game, or will it be Tua? Who knows? We'll see what uh, goes on there. Tua has been injury-prone and has not lived up to the hype. He's not lived up to the hype. It's okay to say that, right? Is it? Is it? Is it bad? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Is it naughty to say that? 
I'd love to see Teddy Bridgewater have a lot of success in Miami. Um, I'm not, I have nothing against Tua, Tua either. Tua, 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 till you're satisfied, like PA would say. Paul Allen, you know, voice of the Vikings. But the Vikings will beat the Miami Dolphins. So instead of defeating New Orleans, they're going to beat the Dolphins. We're not going to win both of those games. I just doubt it. I think we're going to go one for two in the first three road games. Vikings host the Arizona Cardinals. Dangerous football game on Sunday, October the 30th, heading into Halloween. Well, well, it's, I guess it's Halloween weekend, and then Monday's Halloween, which some of you may hate. It's okay, I guess. Um, <laughs> are the Vikings going to remain undefeated at home? I kind of say, why not? I mean, the Vikings have a chance to have a really good home record this year. I would have to say they they could go undefeated at home this year. They could. The Minnesota Vikings could. the The most likely game the Vikings would lose at home this year is probably the Green Bay Packers, honestly. And I'm going to step on in faith and believe the Vikings can win that game. I do believe the Vikings can and will beat the Arizona Cardinals. They started off so promising last year and finished off meh. You know, it's just Arizona's like the, you know, like a lot of other teams in, in other sports that start off really good and then they disappear during the course of the season. Kind of like the Twins this year. Surprise, surprise. Uh, should be a win for Minnesota to get to 5-2. and two. And then the Vikings head to play the Washington Commanders, the newly named Washington Commanders, who have kept the... And they still look like the Washington W's. They're going to have a W on the helmet again. So they can be the Washington W's again, as I like to call them that when they didn't have a name for a couple of years. Kind of, it was, you know, as boring as that is. The Washington football team and his political correct annoyance of it all. And I know, when I've heard, you know, some people, is, I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to get into the, the name stuff. I better stop. Um... At the end of the day, it's just you know it, it's a it's it's a it's a golden W again and again like Washington football team it actually kind of worked for a little while like the t-shirts and everything looked kind of cool I thought the t-shirts and the you know the team this the team uniforms and all that they kept the color scheme and they're the Washington Commanders blah 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 um it's a road game it's a tough road game. If the Vikings are going to win a road game, obviously, well, obviously we have beaten Miami already. This is another one the Vikings can take care of, business, or even in Detroit. Because I don't think we're winning the next one, that's for sure. <laughs> I really don't. Um, this is, again, November the 6th, if I actually didn't even say the date. <sighs> Certainly a winnable game. It's a weird kind of depleted team. I mean, you're, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, their situation's not the best. Vikings, I think the Vikings should be able to win this game. I think so. I mean, why not? I want to believe they can, and the Vikings, I'm going to step out in faith again. The Vikings go 6-2. and two. This might be a little too positive, picking all these, you know, picking so many games all of a sudden. Though I started off like negative Nancy, losing to New Orleans and such, but and, and uh, Philadelphia. Maybe it's going to be completely opposite. We'll lose to Miami and Washington and beat New Orleans and Philly. That kind of feels like the Vikings one way or another. Like, they're going to go 500, basically, uh, in the first four road games. Let's just leave it at that. Vikings then head to Buffalo, which might be the best team in the league this year. Quite possibly. They should be in the AFC title game this year. I hope so, for their sake and their fans' sake, because they're as frustrated as we are. Sunday, November the 13th, will be a loss for Minnesota in Buffalo, New York um, at, at noon, another nooner. So that would be five in a row. I'm going to enjoy that very much. 
very much. Minnesota Vikings dropped to 6-3 and three in Buffalo, New York, which is a bummer, but it is what it is. Sunday, November the 20th, we head into Thanksgiving and JFK conversation and all that. Uh, JF, yep, it's always like what, November 22nd with JFK, all that kind of stuff. Uh, now Veterans Day had taken place two days before the Buffalo game. And my job actually gives us that day off, which is wonderful nowadays. That didn't happen before. So they switched with a different day, interestingly enough. Um, I think it was President's Day they switched that up, if I remember correctly. Way back in February, <laughs> they switched those two up. Um, the Vikings will host the Dallas Cowboys in November the 20th, where I need to be talking. Host the Cowboys. If you're going to lose a home game, you might lose this one. Dallas can be dangerous. I, they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're going to lose one of these two home games, I think, to Dallas or New England the next on uh, Thanksgiving Day on NBC. Um, Thanksgiving Day, Vikings and holidays don't usually go too well. Let's say the Vikings defeat the Dallas Cowboys, get to 7-3, and three, lose to the freaking Patriots. <laughs> I like the Patriots, but, you know, obviously Brady and all that and Belichick. Vikings have never beaten Bill Belichick as a, the coach of the New England Patriots. Undefeated is Belichick. Undefeated is Tom Brady as a member of the uh, Buccaneers and the New England Patriots. So I just think the Vikings don't win that game. They are notorious for spoiling our holidays, be it Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> whatever day it is. Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve, Halloween, Labor Day. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it could be Labor Day too, but not quite. That's a little too early. Um, that's usually the little bye week in between, uh, you know, preseason and regular season. But the Vikings will be 7-4 and four after those two games at Dallas, New England. I, they're not going to go... They're not going to beat both of those teams and go nine and three. It's just uh, eight and three. Sorry, it's not uh, nine and two. They're going to drop to seven and four. Unfortunately, Minnesota Vikings will host the New York Jets, who are what they are. They have one of the coolest logos in the NFL, one of the coolest uniform schemes in the NFL. Again, that Sunday night, uh, it'll be a Sunday night, seven thirty. So, those of you that have Thanksgiving dinner around three, you know, from two to four ish around that time. Like, usually where, you know, goes with my, my family, my parents' house. Um, we'll see who actually shows up this year. Uh, every year it's weird. People come, people go, people don't come. This gets canceled, that gets canceled. It's, it's annoying. Um, we'll see who actually shows up, but that's something you don't care about, I'm sure, at the moment. That's uh, something you're concerned with your own family, I suppose. Um, but yes, uh, so you finally get back to the Nooner with the New York Jets. That's a victory. On December the 4th, Christmas season upon us at that stage. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Minnesota Vikings will beat the New York Jets to jump up to 8-4. and four. Hopefully I have the record correct. And I'm not getting this all off. I'm going to recap real quick. Win versus Green Bay 1-0. Lost to Philly 1-1. Win versus Detroit 2-1. Uh, lost to New Orleans 2-2. Two two. Victory over uh, hosting Chicago 3-2. Victory over Miami on the road. A road win finally after the, on the third time's a charm. Four and two into the bye. Five and two hosting the, the Arizona Cardinals. F uh, six and two going to Washington. Stepping on in faith there. Six and three losing in Buffalo. Seven and three beating the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and seven and four losing to the Patriots. Eight and four defeating the New York Jets. Vikings head to Detroit. Pivotal game. Very pivotal game. You got to win this game. You got to win this game if you want to be taken seriously as a division champion, a playoff team, a blah, 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 depending on how well Green Bay is playing and who's catching the ball in Green Bay. If, you know, well, at least you have the Aaron Rodgers and you have that good defense. 
there's always something missing with the Packers, isn't there? The defense sucks. The receivers are hurt. Aaron Rodgers is injured. Uh, the, the wide receivers, this and that. The coaching sucks. The defensive coaching sucks. The offensive play calling sucks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. Aaron Rodgers is moving to New England. No, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is moving to London. Aaron Rodgers is uh, uh, hasn't talked to a family member since 1812. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So who who knows what the Packers are doing? They might be they might be on their way to uh, what 14 and three type of season for all we know, and they might be on their way to a mediocre 10 and seven. Nine and eight type of year. Who freaking knows? Regardless, you got to beat Detroit on the road. Can I step out in faith and pick a win this time? Can I do it? Can I do it? When I think about Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter healthy, you know, if, if the Vikings are fortunate with health in this season, where other years we just have not been. I mean, Daniel Hunter's missed a billion games the last few years. He's missed a lot of games, maybe not a billion. Zadarius Smith can stay healthy and be a pass rushing machine that he has been. Uh, in the preseason, uh, you know, in the well training camp, not in preseason games, but you know, leading into that one, Vikings can and should, and I'm praying to God will go nine and four, defeating the Detroit Lions on the road and sweeping them again. So that'll be wonderful. Then you host the Indianapolis Colts, which could be a trap game, a very dangerous one. These two games, in fact, all three of these: Detroit, Indianapolis, New York, very winnable, but very, very trappable. This this could be the most frustrating stretch of the season. Should the Vikings go, um, you know, end up going like one and two versus Detroit, uh, Indianapolis, and the Giants? It'd be so freaking frustrating. You go from what eight and four versus the Jets, maybe you go nine and five, nine and six, ten and six. So it'd be extremely frustrating. I, wait a minute, eight and four. Yeah, yeah, eight and four, eight and five, eight and six, and then yep. And you finally beat the Giants nine and six. Hopefully, yeah, you'd be nine and six if you go one and two there. But if you sweep these, holy crap! I mean, nine and four, ten and four, eleven and four. Then you're in prime position. You got to go to Green Bay and Chicago to wrap up the season. That's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. But if you somehow sweep that group, whew, Vikings will be in prime position to do something here to get it, like possibly twelve wins. You at least split one of the Green Bay Chicago games. You go twelve and twelve and what would be the record be five? That'd be pretty cool. Um, at the end of the day, I'm leaning towards this team winning, and it's kind of semi on the positive side with 11 and six. I think the Vikings finish 11 and six on the season somehow, some way, as you go forward through these games. Like you beat, let's say, yeah, and the Indianapolis game is is to be decided along with the Chicago game at the moment. So those actually have not officially been decided, but they are Sunday games. If it's at noon or or uh, three thirty or even Sunday night, depending on how things go, I can't imagine a Sunday night game versus the Bears. I can't not with the way the Bears are constructed right now. The Colts, like, no, nah, I don't think so. That's unlikely. It's just going to be noon or three with those games. So those are not epic matchups. Green Bay is again another three twenty-five type of deal. So expect nooners. At least expect a nooner with one of these. Probably the Colts one is my guess, because it's an East Coast, or not East Coast, but Eastern kind of a game. A little, a little further East than uh, from us, anyway. Uh, I will pick the Vikings to defeat Detroit, but not defeat Indianapolis. And then you get your 10th win, which would put the Vikings at, what, 10-5. and five. Will not beat the Packers. 
10 and 6. We'll beat the Bears 11 and 6. Minnesota finishes 11 and 6 on the season. A wild card at the very least, depending on how other things go, but a wild card at the very least for the Minnesota Vikings. So Minnesota will be in the postseason in the National Football Conference. In the AFC, Buffalo makes the playoffs for sure. Baltimore makes the playoffs. Cincinnati. So that's at least three teams. There's going to be seven, of course. Let's go over to the AFC West quick. Kansas City is in for sure. The, the Chargers or Las Vegas. Mm, 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 mm. Chargers should be. They're just kind of screwing around in the preseason where Vegas has been phenomenal in the preseason. So, But it's a preseason, so depending on how things go. The Chargers are kind of at a make-or-break type of moment right now, too. They have the young, great quarterback, but let's, let's go. They had a very disappointing year last year. Um, Colts, I have no idea what to think. They have Matt Ryan, talented. They could be a wild card club. Houston and Jacksonville, I have no confidence of them making any making the postseason. Even though uh, Mills is actually pretty good for Houston Texans, but I don't know. It'd be quite an accomplishment for Houston to be back in the playoff picture. Cincinnati absolutely makes the postseason. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, no. Cleveland, they have an interesting situation there that I'm just going to leave alone. It's just, you know, yay, yay, yay. We could talk about it and get on our soapbox about how bad this guy is and how whatever, you know, and what good am I doing doing that, honestly? So, again, Buffalo is going to be, it's going to be between, I, I think Buffalo or Cincinnati are going to have the bye, the number one seed. Kansas City will make it. I don't like the freaking Chiefs, but, I you know, they lost Tyreek Hill, good riddance, and other players, you know, have kind of come and gone. Other players have gotten older, blah, blah, blah. That's just how the NFL is. I don't see the Chiefs as any kind of a dynasty. Some people thought they would be, but who's to say with that? Buffalo makes it for sure out of the AFC East. Anybody else, like a, the Patriots, possibly? They were pretty competitive last year. Jets, no. Miami, no. So possibly the Patriots. Baltimore and Cincinnati should make it. So, okay, that's at least three with Buffalo, not including the Patriots yet. Tennessee should make it. That's number four. Kansas City should make it, 99% chance. That's number five, but not do anything afterward. And then it's between teams like, you know, for the last two spots, like the Chargers, the Patriots, uh, the Colts, Chargers, Patriots, Colts, and Raiders. The Raiders. Hmm. The Raiders, yeah, with, uh, yeah, I don't even know, man. I don't even know about that. Am I overconfident in the Raiders? Uh, not at all. The Colts, I'm not overly confident either. I think they're well coached, and Matt, Matt Ryan's obviously talented, but he certainly dropped off. God. I think the Patriots somehow find their way in to the playoffs. So that'll be six, and then the other team is going to be, it's between Vegas and the Chargers for me and the Colts. Um, I guess Vegas. It's kind of, oof, I don't know. I should be picking the Chargers. Chargers instead of Vegas, so Chargers make it, and... Buffalo will have the bye, and then Cincinnati will be the number two seed. Buffalo does have the bye. Cincinnati is coming at them like crazy, though. Uh, Kansas City will be the number three and all that good stuff. Uh, Cincinnati can and should be able to beat Kansas City at some point, and they would actually host Kansas City this time around. I do see Cincinnati and Buffalo in the AFC Championship game in Buffalo. It's a toughie, but I have Cincinnati back in the Super Bowl, 
As for the National Football Conference, who's going to win the freaking NFC East? Yuck. I, I, I'm, I think Philadelphia. That might be kind of weird and out there, but I think Philadelphia, the Giants, it's just the Giants, like, show me something. I mean, seriously, show me a pulse. Show me a pulse. Like, put your arm. You see that little blood pressure thing over there where you can, it can do your heart rate and your pulse and all that? Yeah. Here, I actually have one right here. I'm not even kidding. It's going to be way off because I just had coffee and I'm moving and talking. You hear this sound? Yeah, blood pressure. Kansas City, or excuse me, New York Giants, please, please put, put this on. Yes, I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. I, I don't know. Uh, yep, it's going to be like 9 million and everything. But New York, put one of these on. Tell me. Please tell me there's a pulse. Please. Okay, I think I've made my point. New York is last place. Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia all kind of fighting for the division and a playoff spot of some sorts. Philadelphia is going to make it. I just have Philadelphia in. Minnesota, Green Bay make it in the NFC North. So that's at least three teams right there. NFC South, Tampa Bay, well, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope. San Francisco and the Rams are going to make it for sure in the NFC West. San Francisco and the Rams will make it. Yeah, it's error, but that's fine. Yeah, that's pretty much what the Giants would be, though. Error. Like, what's going on? There's nothing there. <laughs> did I turn it off, or did it turn off on its own? There, it's off. Okay, there. <laughs> okay. Sorry if that was stupid, but, I mean, I, I had to do it. That's how I feel about the New York Giants the last, I don't know, eight years now? It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Wake up. Minnesota Green Bay will make the playoffs. Who wins the division? Ugh. I mean, I, I have to go with Green Bay just because. It's just because. I mean, I don't know. They're, I don't know. I mean, Minnesota has more weapons on offense. There's no doubt about that. Green Bay is still dangerous. I just don't trust the Vikings with this, you know, after the after the last two years to win the to suddenly win the division, you know, despite we uh, despite the fact we have a better vibe and everything. Sometimes those better vibes don't jump up right away, but maybe it will be a Dennis Green effect, where you know the Vikings went from a nine and seven club that missed the playoffs to a eleven and five club that was very competitive and got beat at home in wild card weekend, which was really annoying, to a mediocre but defending world champion Washington club. Yes, I remember that very, very vividly because it was the first playoff game I ever watched from start to finish, and I was freaking pissed that we didn't win that game. It still sticks in my craw. What, you know, 20, 20 years, no, 30 years later, pardon me, 30 years later, 30. Uh, San Francisco and the Rams make it. Minnesota, Green Bay make it. Um, so that's four teams. That gives you three more. So obviously one of these other divisions will have two teams and only one make it from the other. I think the Bucks and the Nolens Hornets, no, the New Orleans Saints will sneak into the playoffs. The Bucks win the division comfortably. The Saints are going to make it, I think. I think. They're da they're a little dangerous, but they'll be like the seventh seed. They'll be like, you know, 9-8, and 8-9. Eight, eight and That's how the Saints are going to make it. Seattle's not ready to go anywhere. Carolina, some people think they might be a dangerous little club. I, I just don't know. Uh, as for anything beyond that, San Francisco will be in the NFC title game. I think the Rams won their Super Bowl. Maybe they will be right back in everything and try to compete for another championship, but I do believe they won their Super Bowl, and they're going to get beat by by the division round. San Francisco and Tampa is probably the safest route for me to go. 
Green Bay's been in the NFC title game many times. Maybe they will, will go back and lose again. And I'm not even saying that as a snide. It's a fact. Just like me talking about Minnesota beating Green Bay for the NFC uh, Central. Uh, I call it the Central, the NFC North. See, I'm still stuck in the past. It's the same thing. Show me Green Bay. Just like show me Minnesota. Beat the Packers in the division. And then show me, you you know, the next step. Not only getting past the division round, but getting to the freaking Super Bowl. Finally. Finally. And if you get to the Super Bowl, it's time to finish the job. You, you, I'm not going to be satisfied with getting to the Super Bowl and losing. I'm not going to be satisfied with that. It'll be cool to finally get there for the first time in my literal lifetime. I was born in July 29, 1979. The Vikings last made it to the Super Bowl in, well, January of 77, which was the 76th season. So again, not in my lifetime. It'd be great to see them in a Super Bowl, but it would really suck and be depressing to see them lose the Super Bowl. Please win. <laughs> Am I counting on that happening this year? No. No. In the next few years, I pray to God, yes. But predicting it, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those roll of the dice type of things. It really is. Like, did Rams fans think they were going to win the Super Bowl, even with a good coach and such? Uh, well, when Jared Goff was the quarterback, I doubt it. Even though Goff might be okay, he wasn't a Super Bowl champion type of guy. Um, the, Rams, the Rams dropped off so quickly after they lost that Super Bowl. I don't think Cincinnati drops off. I think they're going to be hungry beyond belief. Cincinnati will be back in the Super Bowl. And it will be a rematch of the... <laughs> it's going to be a rematch of the uh, 1981 season Super Bowl with Cincinnati defeating the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I'm picking Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl this year. I think they're going to come back hungrier than ever, and they're going to get the job done. Kind of like how the you know the Patriots came back hungry more than once and won the Super Bowl, um, either after getting beat in the AFC title game or losing in the Super Bowl to Philadelphia. They came back and beat the Rams the next year. Pretty cool. Unfortunately, it was the last Super Bowl for Brady in uh, New England, but I'm sure most of you don't care about that. But I believe Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. Vikings will be competitive. Vikings, very strong chance of getting out of the first round. Very strong chance of getting out of the first round, which would be a wonderful step in the right direction. But then you hope that the next season, this club takes the next step. This club can take the next step. Um, we can build on the fly. It's not easy to do in the NFL, where, you know, out with some of the old and in with some of the new, that kind of thing. An improved secondary, I gotta think, an improved uh, pass rush, especially just being freaking healthy again, a better vibe from the coaching staff. This club, I, I, I don't think they'd go in a playoff game with their knees knocking and their kicker, you know, missing kicks and all that because because Mike Zimmer's breathing down his neck. That's the you know there's there is a definite confidence there uh, that wasn't there the last couple of years, and quite honestly, it didn't help Blair Walsh's cause either with a very, very nice 11-5 and division champion Vikings in 2015 when all of us had shirts and and stuff like that that said, in Zimmer we trust. And I was I was a big fan of Mike Zimmer, and he looked like an awesome coach. And then, you know, over the course of time, some of that overly tough, uh, gruff demeanor rubbed off the wrong way. In fact, it did pretty early after going 5-0 in 2016. So that's just how that goes. Uh, Vikings will make the playoffs. Vikings will be very competitive in the first round, if not advancing to the second. And you never know. Maybe we somehow do go all the way to the NFC title game uh, versus San Francisco or the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks 
somehow, some way, because we'd have to knock off one of those two probably to get there. Uh, I think the team with the best record in the NFC is going to be the 49ers, and that's why I do believe they will be in the Super Bowl. I think they will hold on to home, home field, and they will get the job done. Tampa Bay is going to be very competitive, very dangerous, even more, even without, you know, even with all the negative vibe. Who knows? Maybe they'll completely miss the playoffs, and it's going to be Green Bay, San Francisco, or San Francisco versus the Rams. But to me, you can tell who the constant here is. It's San Francisco. San Francisco could end up winning the Super Bowl this year as much as Cincinnati could. So, believe me, I'm <laughs> I'm saying that San Francisco definitely reserves the right to get the job done as well. Um, if they're in the Super Bowl, in my prediction, I, I also believe they can win it. They're not just there to hang out and say, oh, hi, Cincinnati, uh, here you go, it's, it's your turn. I know we have five titles already. <laughs> yeah, why would they do that, right? So, and they're, they're very well coached. Obviously, it would be two super young quarterbacks. That's the one thing that people might be like, really, Joey, are you sure about that? Yes, you're going to see young quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Um, it's, it's, it's possible, very possible. Maybe Aaron Rodgers finally gets back to the Super Bowl, but does not win it. That's also a strong possibility. But I think the AFC wins the Super Bowl this year very strongly. Very strong possibility. Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then San Francisco would actually be my number three team for uh, the Super Bowl championship at the end of the day. The winner of the Cincinnati-Buffalo AFC title game, should that happen, I think wins the championship. But San Francisco is a very strong third, and they could do it as well. Everybody else, I, I don't see... Green Bay winning a Super Bowl this year. I don't see anybody out of the NFC East. Are you are you kidding me? No. <laughs> um, I don't see the Packers winning, like I just said. The Saints, no. Atlanta, no. Carolina, no. I don't see the Rams going back-to-back. And if they do, I'll be pissed. That'd be annoying. That'd be dumb. Um, Arizona winning their first Super Bowl? Yeah, right. Nah. Good team, kind of, when they feel like it. But uh, outside of that, I don't think so. Um... Uh, any other dark horses? Obviously, well, Kansas City would be probably deep down there, probably the fourth. Even though, yeah, they're probably the fourth place team out of this group, and they they're they're still a threat because of Patrick Mahomes. They're still a threat, and the, the well coached defense as well. And uh, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, obviously, he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. Um, those are the big four ultimately that have a very have a legitimate shot of winning the whole thing. Everyone else, I truly doubt it. Like Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati, yes. Baltimore, I, I don't think so. They'll be in the playoffs, but I don't think so. Houston, no. Obviously, Tennessee, no. I can go on all day. I think you, I think I made my point. But Cincinnati will win their first Super Bowl championship, and it will be against the team they lost to, with Joe Montana leading the way 40 years ago. Um, it'll be a, it'll, and at this point, it'll have been 41 years ago, where the team of the 80s was born and won their first of four championships with Joe Montana at the helm in the 1980s. The greatest decade in the history of the planet. The decade that brought you the NES, that brought you Knight Rider, Star Trek The Next Generation, Garfield and Friends, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I could go on forever. Uh, Madlock, you know, yeah, I bet I can see you rolling your eyes. No, yes, Madlock is good. Hunter, you know, that's, that, that's, that's what the 80s brought you. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Other than that, Cincinnati, I'd be very pleased to see them get the job done. I'd be much more happy to see the Vikings get the job done. I just don't think it's this year, but hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm absolutely dead wrong. 
and the Vikings pull off an 87 Twins or something like that. With that said, we'll take a quick break and hear from you guys in fan interaction. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Let's do this. We're going to wrap things up here with you guys on Twitter and Facebook. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, want to thank Vince Germano out of Australia, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, and Malcolm out of California for retweeting the most recent episode on Twitter again, at Purple Mafia Show, tying up loose ends 2022 edition, so thank you guys so much for the retweets and the likes and all that. Sharing a Pete Laflamme also retweeted it. Thank you very much, Pete Laflamme. I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. I think so. Uh, I keep... Maine. That's where it was. Okay, that's where he's from. Pete Laflamme from Maine. Dave Hickey out of Iowa, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says... It's better he gets it now than during the season because we have to rely on Sean Manning. If we have to rely on Sean Manning, we're screwed. And again, this was Kirk Cousins. I had commented basically along the line. I basically said the same thing, but yeah, he was agreeing with me. that I was, Oh, I didn't actually tweet it. I put it on Facebook. Damn it. So I didn't actually tweet the comment. That's my own fault. That uh, Kirk Cousins went home due to illness and a lot of us suspected yeah, COVID-19. And it was COVID-19 and all that good stuff. But uh, yes, Kirk Cousins back and ready to go. Glad to have it out of the way in early August versus early December. You know, when you're trying to make your playoff, uh, you know, you're trying to make your push to get to the playoffs or playoff positioning, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, you know, you know, that kind of thing, that home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Well, I have the Vikings finishing 11-6, and six, so it's, you know, I don't know about home field advantage throughout the playoffs. You have to have the number one seed nowadays to even have a bye, so it's not going to happen this year. But we shall see. Uh, again, luckily we don't have Sean Mannion anymore. It is now Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. So, yes, rolls right off your tongue, doesn't it? Next, a uh, couple of retweets from Pete Laflamme and Tene Brown. I was, yep, I tweeted out. I made a statement because I, I just wanted to make this big statement, right? And I meant it. For the Minnesota Vikings, only one thing should be satisfactory, a championship. Having lost all four Super Bowls that we attended, and losing the last six NFC Championship appearances dating back into the, you know, back, dating back into 1977, I said, it's time to win it all. Getting to the Super Bowl and losing would be just another heartbreak. This has to end. Yep, it has to end. It, it really does. Um, to, if we, the Vikings got to the Super Bowl and lost, it would be heartbreaking. So, again, I'm not expecting this team to get to the Super Bowl this year. It's just how some people are, like, saying, just getting to the Super Bowl would be so awesome. Yeah, but losing would suck because you'd go home with that empty feeling. We lost again. We lost again. And it's not about making fun of them like, ha-ha, they lost again. No, it's not what it is. It's just, it's still it's still empty. We didn't end the drought. The Philadelphia Eagles, had they lost to the New England Patriots, would not have ended the drought. You know what I'm saying? What if the New Orleans Saints lost to the Indianapolis Colts? Well, a lot of us would have been happy. But it's just saying, for their fan base's sake, you know, the, the drought wouldn't have ended, you know? A lot of us, again, would not have minded that too much with what had happened uh, two weeks prior to that. But uh, let's continue. Kevin McMahon. Kevin McMahon. Yes. Yes. 
Um, did I tweet that? I think I had retweeted something else. I think it was retweeting to me. Yeah, J.D. J. Damare was tweeting to me. I totally forgot the 1977 NFC Championship loss to Dallas without Sir Francis. Bob Lee was terrible. Can't believe we lost six in a row. Yeah, because I was saying six. That's where it came from. That was the first one. Yep, 77. Yep, I forget. Yeah, because, um, yep, Fran Targeton broke his leg. And if I said 78, that would have been January 78. So, yeah, the 77 season. Vikings had lost to the uh, NFC title game to Dallas. Um, yep, that was when Tommy Kramer replaced uh, Mr. Brent Tarkington. But yeah, Bob Lee was terrible. Can't believe we lost six in a row. Yeah, it's 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 depressing. Um, I thought we lost to Philadelphia also along the way, but I know we lost a big playoff game to Philadelphia back in the early days. There, Philadelphia was pretty good in the late uh, late seventies, late seventies, early eighties. That figures I left that on, but eh, that's how it goes. Late 70s, early 80s, um, that uh, the Vikings also would have a couple of, you know, there'd be some little chances that again, you had that miracle win also versus Cleveland. That amounted to nothing. We lost the next week. Just like the Minneapolis miracle, we lost the next week. <sighs> Mad Martin, Dave Martin, legendary Purple Mafia Hall of Fame Twitter king <laughs> says... Absolutely bang on, brother. Hope things are good with you, and I hope things are good with you as well. I was saying, things are all right. How about you? It's absolutely time for this franchise to finally get it done in the next couple of years. Yep, because I'm not particularly expecting it this year. I would graciously accept the Minnesota Vikings winning the Super Bowl this year. Yes. Ex expect Expecting it to happen? No. But and I'm sure Mad Martin, who's probably even more realistic than I am about it, because he at least saw, I believe, at least saw the fourth Super Bowl take place. Um, and that one was just, ugh. you know, the Vikings had drove down the, drove down the field. First drive, opening drive of the game, just like the Philadelphia Eagles game, which that meant a whole lot too, didn't it? Scored a, we, we scored a touchdown in the Philadelphia game and everything went kablooey there. Versus uh, the, the <laughs> they were in the Oakland Raiders for the first time. Then they moved to Los Angeles, remember? And then back to Oakland, and then to Las Vegas. So that was the first version of the Oakland Raiders, the original, original, original Oakland Raiders, the original version of the franchise, which was the best version, obviously, by far. By far. And um, we drove down the field, wide up, right up to the goal line, and fumbled the ball, and everything went downhill after that. I did not watch any of the rest of the game. I had it going on YouTube, and I turned off the video immediately after that, because it's just, no. Uh, as for the Miami Super Bowl, I believe that was our second appearance? Yes, second appearance versus, uh, this was the Miami Dolphins. Um, this was the year after they'd gone undefeated. This was year number two of their back-to-back and their second of only two championships. Um, it was kind of classic Vikings. You have the greatest defense ever. It's third and long. You have a chance to make this big stop. You know, third and long for Miami. You have a chance to make this big stop, regain the ball, and hopefully change momentum here. And the Vikings miss about two or three tackles along the way and first down for Miami. Yes, Miami had a great blocking, great running game and all that. And there is a reason why they won those, those two Super Bowls. But it was just felt like same old Vikings, you know, even back in the 70s. Um, the Pittsburgh game was as frustrating as all get out. It was as boring as I've ever seen. And that stupid Terry Bradshaw killed about 14 minutes of the clock and killed the Vikings' chances of, uh, you know, regaining possession and possibly... Uh, doing something very special. And, again, the Vikings ran into 
phenomenal football teams. A red-hot Kansas City team that one day, Vikings were high, heavily favored for the first Super Bowl. The um, second one, they ran into a, you know, like a little mini dynasty, undefeated the year before, and then came back for one more championship, ran into the new dynasty, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the next year, and then ran into a new late 70s, kind of kind of a mini dynasty, but they did win three Super Bowls uh, from 76 to 1983 with the, when they moved over, they were in Los Angeles with Marcus Allen at running back in 83. They won three Super Bowls in a fairly short amount of time, so that's pretty dynasty-like as well. So, not saying, not giving the Vikings a pass on those three, but still, they had pretty tough opponents. First one, the most, appoint, most, dis, ugh, most disappointing of all, no doubt about it. 18-point favorites, and now uh, Len Dawson actually has passed away since the recent uh, Purple Mafia episode. Len Dawson, the quarterback of that Kansas City Chiefs team, that you could honestly, honestly, that's why I call it the curse of 1969, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that was the beginning of the heartbreak, and it, history changed for forever for the Vikings ever since. Uh, it has to end sometime. And again, let's honor Len Dawson for uh, doing such a great job against us in that Super Bowl. They had lost recently, I believe, to the Packers. Yep, earlier, a few, a few years earlier, they lost to the Packers in one of the two Super Bowls uh, in the 66-67. I believe that was the second of the two. Um, we'll honor uh, Len Dawson here with a moment of silence. So again, I know it was nothing personal. It was business. Kansas City got the job done. And of course, Bell, the running back, former gopher. Oh, it always seems to work out better when they're not in Minnesota, doesn't it? Ugh. Count O'Connell Mafia. I like that name better than K-O-C. I hate that name. Count O'Connell sounds a lot cooler, and it's Mafia. And uh, I followed him, and follow, he followed me back. Thank you very much. Just in case you're listening, gotta like that. Count O'Connell Mafia. Very, very cool. There's a reason why I play Castlevania music. It's, well, you're going into the autumn. You know, Castlevania, you know, yeah. Halloween, autumn, yeah. Um, I was, oh, yeah, this was cool. So not a whole lot of Twitter action, but this was fun. Uh, on Purple Daily, which is a Score North production, you know, it's probably their biggest podcast. In fact, I'm pretty sure they got the big Surly uh, sponsor and all that. I wouldn't mind a sponsor from, say, a Two Harbors or even Waterloo, even though they're not, Waterloo's not from Minnesota. It's a Texas I'm drinking their uh, grape version of their sparkling water right now. Again, free plug because I love it. I often drink grape when I'm talking Vikings because it's purple. Yeah. <laughs> um, LaCroix would be a more local one, but I wouldn't mind having a sponsor with somebody or Two Harbors, uh, was it Castle Danger? But I didn't really hear back from them, so that's how that goes. Like, who the heck is Purple Mafia? Anyhow, I apologize for babbling about this one. They have some kind of a cabinet now for some people like, say, established Viking fans and maybe you're, maybe this, maybe you've been a Viking fan since this time or you're really good at this or you're really good at that. I tweeted the three of them, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, uh, Jeff, uh, <laughs> Judd Zolgad, he's not Jeff. Judd Zolgad's honestly my favorite of the three. And uh, Declan Goff, um, I was saying I would like to join the Purple Daily Cabinet for the oldest Viking podcaster. Purple Mafia show has been around since April 2008. Is that acceptable? And, well, Judd Zolgad responded minutes later and said, your use of the Met Stadium gets you more points, gets you even more points. Welcome, and thank you so much, Judd. So I'm listening 
Uh, as I read that, I'm guessing that means I'm part of the cabinet. Hopefully I hear from them on the show at some point. That'd be cool. Phil Mackey's the director of it, though. Yep, he's the director of it all. He's like the... But, yeah, but Judd Zolga, obviously, former Star Tribune and all that. He even wrote for the Packers for a short time. But, obviously, Minnesotan through and through. And, uh, yeah, I, I love his work. He's, like, he's a really nice guy, too. Um, kind of like me in the terms of, like, he doesn't like... To, uh, <laughs> he's, he's not the ultra-people person, but he's nice to everybody. He's nice to everybody. That's kind of how I am. I'm not the king of people persons in the history of the world. I'm not going to the state fair and mingling with, well, then again, if I had fans at the state fair, maybe. The thing is, I go to the state fair, nobody knows me. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it is kind of like that, too. Maybe. But I'm not the biggest mingler in the history of the world, either. Uh, I don't fit in that as good as other people. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's just not your cup of tea. Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Sorry for being weird. Uh, here we go, back to where we were, tying up Blue Sands 2002, it's now on your podcasting app and all that, a couple of responses and shares, thank you those of you that share, that's really nice of you, and I mean that with full sincerity, Brent Fulberty, also known as Brent Jacobson, says, Without the phone number, do I just post my commentary or what? And I was saying, you create a soundbite and send it to me. All you have to do uh, is use the free voice recording app. Your phone should have should have one. Otherwise, you can just post text on here like you're doing. And he said, thank you. Um, and I didn't hear from him since. I hope I didn't piss him off somehow. But uh, I don't think he's mad at me. No, I, he's interacted me, with me just personally as well. So it kind of depends, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not too, it's nothing too crazy. I don't know. I'd, I'd love to hear phone calls from uh, Brent again. I miss you. You're one of the legends, man. He was he was a first ballot Hall of Famer, by the way, because he goes back to 2009 with the uh, Timberwolves explosion, believe it or not, is when I first met him, leading into the 2009 NBA draft, which, yeah. Um, score North, <laughs> that didn't work out too good, did it? Um, score North was too, uh, sharing that uh, Minnesota Vikings rookie Ed Ingram might just be starting on week one against Green Bay. Like, holy crap. That was when things were really getting interesting. Things were picking up about that possibility. Uh, no responses there. Yeah, Vikings sent Kirk Cousins home to illness. And I was posting up. This is where I posted it. Well, I guess if he's going to get sick, now's the time to have it versus a month from now. Mark Carlson out of Iwija says, yeah, Iowa, says, I agree. And can I add that coming into the start of the season, I don't feel like like I know who's on this team anymore. I don't have that normal via that normal Viking vibe, good or bad. It's just unknown. Like a new neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, sorry. No, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, until 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 they're not there when you need them most. But anyhow, uh, Mark Carlson, thank you so much uh, for that. And no, um, I understand completely. Understand that thought because you don't really know what's going to happen, and the preseason didn't give a whole lot of indicators like in the past when you'd see a little bit more of things going on. Like last year, you could tell it's a crappy team. You could just kind of tell, not even a crappy team, but a crappy vibe around the team. Not even, you know, it was just a crappy vibe. And then those of us that were realistic about it got ripped really bad, and I lost a ton of followers last year. Uh, for the Facebook page, is doing better than the Twitter account. We'll leave it at that. And I appreciate those of you that have joined. Um... I can understand, though. It's hard to say. Sorry for the lip smack. I know that's not very popular either. <laughs> I've got, I got a complaint from uh, a guy out of North Carolina, I believe, last year. Hope he still listens. 
He said, I can't tolerate the lip smacking. <laughs> Vikings versus Raiders preseason game threat is here. Yep, not post-game or, or, or anything. It's just the whole game. Might as well read them. This is the Raiders one. Dave Vicky was saying, I haven't been more excited about a season, a Viking season in a long time. Now let's start off with a win. No and no injuries. Go Vikings. Yep. Oh, I wish. Dave Vicky said, uh, thanks for nothing, Dish Network. I've been excited to watch the new version of Vikings football, and then you have a blackout in this area. You sons of bitches. But thanks to my Dofu app on my phone, I'm able to watch. Interesting. Dofu app, huh? Huh. Interesting. And yeah, you know, I also bought NFL Plus, which supposedly said out-of-market preseason games, and absolutely nothing worked. So, yes, NFL, the NFL app isn't reliable either. I purchased the NFL Plus. Not the, the, the main Plus, or not the Plus Elite or whatever the heck it's called, the the more expensive version, but the one where it gives you everything, like local, like the, every Viking game I could watch on there, and, of course, national broadcasts like Sunday night football, Thursday night, Monday night, and the postseason every postseason game. So this happens every bleeping year, by the way, with this. Even back when it was it was free with Verizon up until this year. This is the first time I paid, but it was only 30 bucks. I can live with $30 for the whole year to have all that again. I, I'm okay with it. Um, so it's a, it's a bummer that it isn't free anymore with the Verizon wireless person, but... Uh, but they do this every year also during the preseason. They're like, oh, you know, no, no, you can't watch it. So you want us to... You just want these preseason games attended so badly. My God, that's like desperation. They're starting to, they're starting to remind me of Norm Green with the North Stars. Uh, Mark Carlson says, Dave, that sucks. I have blackout games. Damn it. Let's write a letter. Tell them buggers off. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Mark Carlson responds, I did not watch the game. I did not watch ten, a 10-minute highlight video online. And here's my take. I have no idea who we are anymore. Maybe it's the new coach and some new staff and new players too. But long before this game, I have been feeling a change. I'm not so sure it's for the good. Perhaps I've lost my rah-rah team spirit, but my inner Viking isn't excited like it normally is this time of year. Hmm, that's interesting. And I don't blame you too much. I don't blame you too much. Like I'm, ex I'm optimistic going forward. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say because, again, you still have Kirk Cousins, you still have the cap issues. You know, the Minnesota Wild and Minnesota Vikings have cap issues because of certain players or former players in the Wild case where they, the cap hit is still there. Wonderful. Check out Brave the Wild if and when you have time. Minnesota Wild conversation. Uh, yep, there's the five cuts, including Ty Smith and all that. There was no comments, but likes. Um, yep. 13 years ago today, Brett Favre signed with the Vikings and arrived at Winter Park, an image of what could have been months later. How I wish. Uh, Super Bowl champion special edition. Yep. With the Pioneer Press, TwinCities.com. Champs, magical season ends as Favre leads Vikings to first Super Bowl victory. An amazing image. Wish it really happened, but it didn't. Um, that would have been the... I just wish so much. Comments. No questions or concerns, but there are comments. Ali Siddiqui has the kind of the, the sad image there, the crying face image. Mark Carlson said it nearly happened. It was one hell of a season, and now that I am thinking about it, that team was pretty ripe and ready to for a win-now type scenario. And I am not a fan of crazy trades or large stories to star players to win now. That crap usually fails, and now, Lord, do I know. Yeah, and, and I know. Lord, do I know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I was laughing about something there. What was it? Oh, okay. Yep. I, I was saying it took half our lives, but our page has finally uh, finally has 1,000 likes. Thank you, all of you, for joining, and especially those of you who have been around for so long. 1,000. It finally got to 1,000 likes. It took forever, but it finally happened. The last few years, it had been kind of declining more than going up. That's how, That's like talking about hitting a plateau, a stinking plateau, and then it finally got there. Finally. So that's where I'm, uh, there's a, there, there is optimism among the fan base. It's not off the charts, but it is there. Uh, Brent, Brent Jacobson says, speak for yourself, you whippersnapper, you. And with a, <laughs> yep, and I love that. Mark Carlson says, here, here is to 1,000 and on to 2,000. That's a nice, cool Viking uh, uh, sculpture there. Out of wood, looks like wood, and then painted in colors. Looks really cool, actually. Really impressive. Actually like that one very much. That was a, okay, what the heck. Oh, I just kicked myself out. Isn't that great? Don't you love when that happens? Okay, yes, thank you for the celebration, Facebook. I appreciate that. And now I'm getting a kind of a bunch of junk here. Can we please continue where we left off? It'd be great. Lord have mercy. Okay, there's the 1,000. It's an awesome feeling. We got that and all that good stuff. It appears to be missing now. San Francisco 49ers game thread and all that. There were a couple of comments. Might as well look at those real quick here. I was saying it's safe to say that was pretty much unwatchable. This team needs a legitimate backup quarterback. Well, we got one, thank God. Dave Hickey said, this game is pathetic. Where is Kyle Slaughter? Because Mannion's terrible. Well, thankfully he came back as Nick Mullins. Dave Hickey said, 49ers had fumbles and lots of penalties. And they, and they still kick our asses. Brett McCarthy said, on today. And he said, yep. And Dan Grossquitz says, how you doing? Yep. Cool. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota. Jesse Ball. Welcome back. Jesse says, I'm going to save my disappointment for the regular season. Yeah, understood there. Yeah, Brett McCarthy says, kind of boring game tonight. That's for damn sure. Brett McCarthy also says, school. All right. Cool. So it kind of went in reverse order, which is annoying. I don't know why Facebook does that when I do this. Uh, Vikings cut Jordan Berry, uh, signed Ty Smith, and they cut Ty Smith right after that. Uh, Tanae Brown says, hopefully the new holder doesn't mess with Greg Joseph. And so far, so far he's been all right, thankfully. Because, yeah, Greg Joseph's been booming him, and that's the good thing. Brian Osamoa down with a leg injury, but luckily it looks like he's going to be okay. Mark Dale, let's get to what he had to say. The Vikings roster after 53-man cut deadline. Yep. And Mike Dale's got a bit to say, which you always love. Mike Dale out of New York State, not city, but state, says, obviously it's no secret that the center and tight end positions are a real concern. That said, is anybody else's is anybody else's eye twitching at the thought of Cam Dancer going in to start the season as cornerback too? Going by his play last year, especially in light of that horrendous last play loss to the Lions at Ford Field last season, the thought of him being on the field for every snap and in charge of covering opponents' number two wide receiver doesn't instill much confidence. Understood. Understood. It is a little scary. It sounds like he has really improved in the offseason. And, well, there's always Calvin Booth Jr. if it comes to it. So, Calvin Booth Jr. does have a nice future in the NFL. So, at this point, he's just kind of, you know, he's starting off as a backup, but will continue to develop and improve behind the scenes. Really looking forward to what Kelvin Booth does. And obviously, Patrick Peterson's not going to last forever. 
Um, but opponents really avoided him last year because of guys like Chris Boyd. Um, oh God, what was that guy's name? Breland. Breland was like the worst cornerback in the NFL last year, basically. He was a good cornerback for like Kansas City and stuff. He even won a Super Bowl, but whatever. Let's continue. Um, the Browns claimed Kellen Mond announced the 12 practice squad members. Now it's at 15 since then. No comments, believe it or not. Just kind of like, huh. I think there was some comments somewhere, but I don't know where they wound up. Uh, the Bears end up claiming former Vikings wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset off waivers. One second, though. I swear there were comments from Vince Germano and such. I don't know what happened. Or was it on a different page or something? Strange. I don't know where they are now. Because I know there were comments. But it was mostly like, good luck, fans. And Vince was like, yeah, that's the Browns for you. Basically, he was frustrated all the bad moves they made and all that. He was not very excited about the, uh, yeah, the trade in the offseason. Let's just leave it at that. Heath Jarrett says, I figured them are Green Bay. He, uh, this being uh, ISM, Amir smith said He's instantly the Bears' best receiver. Not because he's that great, but because the Bears' receivers are that bad. And I was saying it's one of those types of deals because someone else's junk is another person's treasure. Though, of course, junk is probably too harsh. I did like him. And, yep, no response from there, unfortunately. Uh, Ex-Vikings coordinator, I believe this wraps up the whole thing. Ex-Vikings coordinator allegedly referred to Zimmer as Satan. Satan. Yeah. Pretty wild. Uh, Gerald Swing out of Nebraska says, Time will tell. The team morale seems a lot better. We'll see if it turns into more consistent play and a few more wins. Drew, Drew Bunting says, Zimmer smokes chode. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> Today Brown out of New Zealand says, Interesting that all these reports are coming out about Zimmer and he's just stayed quiet. That is interesting, isn't it? It's, it's crazy. I'm going to open it up. It's from SI. But uh, I'll open it up to see if there's anything I should talk about. Joe Nelson. Yep, okay, Joe Nelson. He used to be on KFAN in the past. He's producer with the Paul Allen Show, or Paul Allen Project, or PA, and Paul Allen, blah, blah, blah. You know, the guy Moss was having fun with on the radio and stuff. Um, Terrence Newman, of all people, too, was the guy that uh, mentioned that. Uh, Terrence Newman was, yeah, I thought he was a Zimmer guy. I really did, but sometimes things change. Cornerback uh, Terrence Newman knows countless players dreaded going to work those final years. Because all because all fun was drained out of the organization. It became toxic, Newman says. It was a trickle effect. If players are dreading getting up if if it was a trickle effect, if players are dreading getting cussed out and shit like that, part of my part of Terrence's French, then it's going to make it a long day for everybody. Others are more blunt with a with a tint of hyperbole. One of Zimmer's former coordinator predicts immediate success for the 2022 Vikings because this coach said the devil's gone. Satan is out of the building. Wow. One of Zimmer's former coordinators. I wonder if that was the defensive coordinator that finally up and left. It might have been. It might have been the former defensive coordinator. Uh, was it uh, Williams? So, um, uh, Edwards, pardon me. I don't know why I'm saying Williams, but George Edwards. But now I got the first name right. Could it have been John Filippo? Probably not. I think it was one of the defensive coaches, and it was a coordinator. It could have been one of the offensive coordinators. I'm sure they didn't like him either. Uh, John Filippo. you know, they had, uh, I, I don't think, I truly doubt it was Kevin Stefanski. Um, interesting. Interesting. Mike Prefer was a former special teams coordinator. <sighs> Fuck. 
I don't know. I don't know. It might have been George Edwards. I don't because this we're talking a coordinator here, so it's that's not as many coordinators came and left. George Edwards did stay for a long time, but maybe it ended really badly, and he just had enough of it. That kind of thing happens. You work with the same person a while, and maybe that person has treated you like crap the whole time, but you kind of let it go because you're in a position that maybe you hadn't been in before, and you're doing okay, and you're hoping for the best, and maybe you'll get an offer somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. But maybe you always make up and things are okay, but then eventually you're like, okay, screw you, I'm leaving for good. It could have been George Edwards. That's my guess. That's my guess. Um, this past year was the first year without George Edwards. Like, maybe Edwards just had enough. That That's just a guess. Otherwise, you have all the offensive coordinators that came and left. You had, you know, Norv Turner. You know, that didn't go well in the end. Maybe it was him. I don't know, but that's way back at the beginning. Um, Pat Shermer. I can't imagine him saying that, but you never know. Kevin Stefanski, no. Um, I can't imagine, I really can't imagine uh, Gary Kubiak saying that. Maybe Clint Kubiak, maybe Clint Kubiak said it. It's possible. Maybe things just really got sour. Gary Kubiak and Zimmer seem to get along fine. I'm suspecting George Edwards. You know how you like to spread rumors, you like to speculate and this and that. I mean, that's sports radio, that's sports conversation. I'm suspecting George Edwards that it was a relationship that soured, how he just kind of up and left. He's like, I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, remember the way he left. And then it was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll have my son <laughs> go with uh, Andre Patterson to be co-defensive coordinators. I mean, that right there is enough to tell you this coach is on his way out at the end of the year. It's just plain obvious that this is not working. You just don't do that. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen. And it's like everybody knew things were going to get blown up at the end of the year. They they knew it was going to get blown up. It wasn't even a question. It was like, okay, what the hell? I mean, one year, we'll just let it go one more year for the hell of it. I honest to God don't know what they were thinking when they did that. Like, last year was just a freaking waste of time and money. Honest to God. money Waste of money for the fans. Waste of money for the uh, owners, paying the, you know, the coach and the players and all that. To have just a... See, you're paying the players a lot of money to have a situation that wasn't working. There's just no point. So why not change it sooner? But maybe Kevin O'Connell not being available at the time, maybe yeah, like, and he wasn't as highly thought of right away. That uh, maybe that's that opened the door for things to go in a much better direction. Who knows? Who knows what the scenarios would have been? The whole Back to the Future. What if Zimmer was fired after 2020, which he should have been, by the way. But of course, again, there was too much time remaining on the contract. Again, uh, 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 again, though, that's just that's not an excuse, though, to leave a toxic situation the way it is and letting it rot even more. Again, I am going to continuously suspect George Edwards. It's, it's got to be. You'd think right away it's got to be one of the offensive coordinators. The only offensive coordinator I could imagine that might say something like that is Norv Turner, and that's way back at the beginning. But obviously it didn't end well. The guy resigned, and he resigned for a reason. If Pat Shermer said that, I'd be quite surprised. I, I don't think so. I just don't. I'd be quite surprised. I think it was Edwards. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I think he was. I think that relationship soured, and I can relate to that kind of stuff. Again, being around the same person for a really long time, the relationship sours sometimes. Sometimes you really don't get along as you think you do, and in the end, you're just like bleep him. I don't want to. Everybody. I, I'm just done. I've worked with him long enough. I want to move on, and that happens. Believe me. It happens. <laughs> Remember how things ended with uh, 
Don Zimmer in the New York, with the New York Yankees. He said, I'd like to be treated like a human being for the first time in a long time. I, mean, I, I remember seeing that quote, and it's like, whoa. So Don Zimmer wasn't happy for quite a while. The, an, another Zimmer with the New York Yankees. Entertaining guy, but yeah. He was the bench coach of the Yankees for many years. Uh, all those championships and such. Um, with that said, again, we're going into a season, hopefully with less toxic behavior, less, less toxic attitude, a better vibe, this and that. I completely understand those of you that think this is not a guarantee of any kind. It's just kind of like, hmm. Um, it, 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 like, we're just not really sure where to go with it. It should be better. It should. It's just, you know, I don't think they showed anything. Anything offensively or defensively in the preseason. I think it was just guys kind of fighting for jobs. And, well, here they are now. Here they are now. Look at me now. Look at me now. I'm wearing, wearing purple. A lot like a former Vikings cornerback said that used to be with the Packers before before that. We'll leave his name where, where it is right now. Unfortunately, he's in jail. Uh, yeah, I think most of you know who that is. The former Viking. Okay, Darren Sharper. I said it. Um, I shouldn't have said all that. I apologize. But with that said, again, really appreciate all of you that have followed the show. We're back for another year. Hopefully I don't sound too rusty, too out of sorts, a little weird. Obviously banged up, uh, just exhausted from summer work, exhausted from this, exhausted from that. Uh, and, you know, it, <laughs> I didn't podcast a whole lot during the summer because of that. That's just how it usually is. Like, Purple Mafia usually kind of goes on a big hiatus. And then there's the State of the Timberwolves, State of the Wild, and some free agency and draft conversation, similar to what I do with this one in the spring. So, again, apologize for the delays. They're always there. I used to be a bit more into the preseason, but those of you, I can bet you can understand. I mean, it's a, a better excuse now to not be into preseason unless you really, 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 really want to see who's going to get the be the number two and number three this and that. <laughs> number two and number three defensive tackle for the Vikings. Which can be fun. It can be fun, but to sit there and analyze it for an hour, no, that's okay. It's, seriously, that's okay. Not until they start getting paychecks, maybe. <laughs> but maybe that's why I'm not, right? Ooh, he's got to analyze. Uh, he's got to analyze. Uh, okay. He's got to analyze all the different safeties and stuff for the next three hours. You know, like who's who's going to be who's going to be the backup for uh, for for Steen down the line. You know, so you get the idea. Uh, Thank you again, all of you, for that have stuck with this show during the during the lean years, which they very much were the last couple. So thank you so much for staying with the show, putting up with my negativity and frustrations and all of that. I'm still here. I'm still alive and well, and I hope you are as well. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad that those of you are uh, still listening. So before I get to the conclusion of the show, apologize for my mindless babble there for a minute. Let's pass out the stars for this episode. Uh, for this episode, i got to go with... I got to go with uh, Dave Hickey out of Iowa. I think he did great. Gold star for Dave Hickey. A silver star for Tanae Brown and Mark Carlson. A bronze star for Brent Jacobson. You could even argue he deserves a silver. But uh, you get the idea. Those are the guys that will get them. Really thank those of you and all of you for your wonderful interaction. You're, you're great. appreciate you so much. So, final things. Again, I've uh, the Twitter account and Facebook page links are in the show description. So, there's all of that. There's a couple of ways to help the show in the show description as well. Possibly uh, joining Crypto.com with that little referral link would be greatly appreciated. If you like to trade crypto, I can understand your fears there. Nothing's easy. 
but you know, some of them have gone up, and I don't know. I'm not gonna stand here and say, "Oh boy, you gotta, you gotta join it, you gotta join it. You're gonna make millions of dollars." No, no. Um, nobody makes millions anywhere unless they're insanely lucky. When it comes to, you know, nobody gets rich overnight unless they're insanely lucky. It's just that that's the case. But you can make money off of crypto. You can. It's not a guaranteed loss either. It's fun. I enjoy it, and the fact that you can trade anytime. 24-7-365 with it. That's what I think is cool. It's always moving. No matter where you are, what time it is, It's that's what I like about it. So consider that. Why not? And it would help the show. It puts $25 in your account it right away. So gets you something to get started as well. Uh, again, the Vigit app, join that. There's the link there. Remember to put Paladino Live as a referral. It's fun for... Uh, it's basically fantasy betting, especially as we head into the NFL season. Why the hell not? Also, again, please do send in your voice, your 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 voicemails, or whatever we call it, call-ins, or however you call it. Um, audio submissions is the podcast term. Basically, all you do is open up a free voice recording app on your smart device. It's extremely simple and easy to do. Some of you just maybe you just don't want to do it. I don't know. But if you do, I'd really appreciate it. Just open it up. Press record, talk into it, hit stop, and then you save it because you, you don't want to lose the file before you send it. You share it slash send it, which is basically a similar thing, to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Again, that will also be in the show description. Final thing, please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Uh, also, Spotify, there's a place to, for, for that. Audible and Stitcher, any one of those, you can write a positive rating, or just put the star rating, whatever it is, if you just want to put a star or something. Seems like it's been lonely and dead for a really long time, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's people don't like the show, or I'm being shadow banned, or what the heck is going on, but um, (laughs) I don't think this current government would like me very much, but uh, (laughs) well, hopefully 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 it won't stay with that kind of attitude for too much longer. With that said, hope all of you have a wonderful week. Skull Vikings heading into week one of the Green Bay Packers. Until then, take care and God bless.